The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. Uh, so today we are have a quite an interesting conversation on our hands here. Yeah, we do, and and uh, we've had in the past we've had Jay Demerit uh, from the former captain of the Vancouver Whitecaps, mm-hmm. uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, uh, part of the MLS soccer uh, team uh, franchise in the in the MLS, and also his wife. Ashley Demerit, yes, as well. She was a, a gold, gold medal Olympian, and uh, we talked about sports and money. And today's conversation is kind of similar, where we're talking about sports and athletes and money. Mm-hmm. However, with an additional uh, component topic. to it, yeah. for sure, for sure. Yeah, we have Sarah Juvie with us today. Hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining in. Yeah, welcome to Conversations with Money. Thank you for having me. Of course. As a uh, you know, professional athlete, we're, we're honored that you've taken the time to meet with us and to talk with us about uh, your message. I think that you know, you've got a, an amazing story that we can you know, discuss in terms of the way that you've been managing over the past 10 years or so and, and pursuing your dreams and, and how that can potentially help others. Do you want to just quickly give us a, you know, without me reading out your bio word for word, just share a little bit about who you are? For sure. Well, I'm 22 years old. I'm from Ajax, Ontario, originally now living in Victoria, BC, pursuing my rugby career and uh, hopeful to be an Olympian next year. So that's the goal. Well, that's uh, that's fantastic. It's Congratulations! A great goal. Yeah, and uh, it, 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 are you representing Canada? I am. I'm representing Canada uh, with the women's sevens rugby team, and currently we just finished the season, second place in the world, just behind New Zealand. Wow! Congratulations! And qualified to the Olympics. Just finished the season on a high note, winning the Amsterdam Sevens Tournament, which was great. And now our team is prepping for Pan Ams, which are going to be held in Toronto, July 2015. That's right. Yeah. So I think it's next week that they're starting up. Yeah. So we're going to fly down at the beginning of the month and train. We play July 11th and 12th and hopefully bring home gold on home soil. 
<laughs> we're we're going to be uh, cheering for you, even though that Marissa is not uh, a rugby <laughs> fan. I will be now, Sarah. <laughs> you, you, you got a new convert here. So something that we've been talking about a lot in our episodes is, or in, in conversation in our show, is how to plan for yourself and your partner and, you know, your family, whether it's as a couple and your children in terms of, you know, illness or disability. Uh, We talk a lot about what will happen if you can't work because of cancer. But what we haven't really discussed is what happens if you deal with it, you know, with a parent. How does an aging parent or a parent with an illness affect uh, their child's situation. And I mean, you have an amazing story because you are pursuing this dream to be in the Olympics and are obviously also having to, um, and I'll let you share a bit about what that's been like, but, you know, reading your story about having your mom was diagnosed when you were in grade seven with, with cancer. Yeah. And yeah. And I know that it's been 10 years of, you know, having to obviously help her and be there for her uh, while she's gone through this. And I can only imagine what an effect that has taken on your own life financially and emotionally, obviously. But I think the purpose and what we wanted to kind of chat about was really look at how can people look at not just protecting themselves, but look at having the conversation even with their parents. How can parents have the conversation with their child so that we can plan as much as possible, as much as we don't want to discuss these things like what happens to me if I get sick, you know, have that conversation so that there is a contingency plan, a a plan in place. Was this, I mean, you were in grade seven when your mother got diagnosed with cancer. I, I can only imagine what that would be like when I think about, you know, my ability to even think about cancer when I was in grade seven. Do you remember, was that something that, you know, how, or how, how has the process or the thought around it changed for you over the years? Uh, maybe we'll start with that. Definitely growing up, I think I should have talked to my parents more about it, but them as parents want to protect their kids. So as as much as like my mom was sick, they didn't want that to affect us growing up and, you know, just try and keep us, I guess, in the dark about some things just because they, they want their kids to grow up having like a quote unquote normal, healthy relationship and not worry that, oh, their parents are sick and they're, that's going to affect their living situation. So I mean, looking back, I always thought, oh, this is the type of cancer my mom can't die from, so it's okay, but that's just me being a naive child. And um, I don't know, like, looking back, it's definitely affected a lot of things, but I've never, I never was really open with my parents about it just because that was the situation or the issue they wanted to keep away from myself and my siblings. Mm-hmm. How many do you have? Is it brothers and sisters? I do. I have two younger siblings. Got it. Got it. And and, and in, in grade in grade seven, uh, did did you did you see rugby as as uh, part of your future? Was that something that you were pursuing or, or saw that to, that's a path that you wanted to take? Not rugby at the time. It was hockey. I was a huge hockey fan player growing up, 
And I knew ever since, like, a little kid, I wanted to play in the Olympics. And I just wanted to represent Canada in some form, in some way. And hockey at that time was, like, the main sport of my life. And that both my parents played hockey until my mom was sick anyways, and then she stopped. But, um, no, and then going into high school, that's when rugby kind of took over. Um, again, like, my parents always, you know, trying to keep busy outside and just focus on, I guess, what opportunities I can have as a kid besides uh, looking inward at our family and what's going wrong. And so when, when your mother was diagnosed, um, um, did you still continue, did your parents uh, still sign you up for, to play hockey and, and to play sports? Was there an interruption there? Um, were, were, or, or did your parents just like, no, this is normal, just continue to, to have you and uh, your siblings continue to play sports? Well, neither of my siblings are athletes, so I mean, I okay, guess you're the only one. My, <laughs> yeah, thankfully for my athletic career, it didn't pause. But there, I did notice once I was getting into high school when I actually started adopting more of a rugby role over hockey that there was issues in the summertime, especially with funding. I mean, I would try out for a provincial team, and it's a pay-to-play module for a women's rugby for sure. And even if you represent your province on the national stage you're going to have to find your way. So I remember that being a massive task growing up. And I remember having to knock on multiple doors from early in the afternoon until the late evening, asking if anyone could spare anything thing to help me reach my national goal, because essentially representing Ontario was going to help me in my path to represent Canada. Mm-hmm. That was, was your was mother. Thinking. When you started the door knocking, um, were you, was your mother still healthy at that time? Nope. My mother was sick. So that yeah, was when that, she was, that was in high school. So, I mean, my mother's illness has stretched over, as you said, the past 10 years. And first it was breast cancer and then she was re-diagnosed with bone cancer. And then again, diagnosed while I was into university with, uh, two or three brain tumors. So, uh, definitely during my high school career, my mom was battling, I can't uh, imagine uh, what that would be like trying to pursue uh, your dreams and have to be there for 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 your mother uh, or for her parents. Um, what what have you done to to keep this this focus? I mean, to 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 be knocking on doors. Uh, I can't imagine a lot of people yeah. being willing to to do that, to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. to to ask for. Help for anything, way, yeah. just to, to help with the pursuit of it. Uh, what, what have you done to to keep focus? Um, I think it's just the passion and the drive. I really, I really do love this sport. Um, it's a huge part of my life right now, and has been for the past couple of years. And um, I was willing to do anything. I mean, I really had to put my pride aside and realize that you know, like you need help, so you're going to have to do stuff that you may feel uncomfortable with. I mean, no one likes asking for money. That is a very uncomfortable situation for anybody, really. I mean, everyone has their own financial situations. So, um, I don't know, just putting yourself out there. Um, And I I guess now, not so much then, but now that I'm one step closer to my Olympic dream, I'm still still working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Just knowing that my mom now is very supportive still and 
really gunning to see me at the Olympics as well, and I know that's helping her fight. So, I mean, currently right now, that is a huge drive for me. I'm uh, going to... Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to uh, just quote uh, quote you, um, mm-hmm. and it's from the from the uh, Goldstream News Gazette, and, and in there, in there, you you state that your mother is a reason why you want to succeed, and one of the reasons why you want to go to the Olympics. Um, mm-hmm. can, can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I know every day when I wake up, it's going to be a hard training day, no matter what, and. I mean, I have my own battles, but that's nothing compared to what she has to fight every single day. And if she's fighting and surviving and winning, then I know I can bring that into my daily regime. So my mom has always been my biggest inspiration. Even when she was doing chemo and radiation, she would still always make sure that she would watch a game or at least at least ask me about it if she couldn't watch it. And even at home now, she's not very mobile. But if I'm playing on the other side of the world and we have a game that's being streamed at 3 a.m. Canada time, then my mom will go online and make sure she watches the game. So, I mean, just knowing that she's there and, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I could be half the person she is in strength, then I would, I'm very lucky. Can you, can you tell us um, about your decision on leaving school, university? Is it a university that you left? Mm-hmm. I went to St. Francis Xavier for two years. And after my second year, I was called upon to, to represent Canada at the U-20 level. And then they called me and offered me carding to centralize. So, I mean, I have no regrets leaving school because I know school is always going to be there. Uh, it was a hard decision, but not, I guess, not as hard as leaving home to go to school. I just knew that this decision was the step that I always needed to get to in order to pursue my Olympic dreams. So leaving school, I mean, it was hard at first, realizing that I didn't finish my education. I would have graduated this year, but I don't regret my decision at all because I'm pursuing the dream that I've always wanted to pursue, and I can go back to school hopefully after I've gone to the Olympics and represented Canada. Now, leaving and pursuing your goal of representing Canada in the Olympics, you, you walked away from school with $15,000 of student student debt. Is that, yeah. Do you still have that? I do. <laughs> I'm slowly <laughs> chipping away at it, but um, my decision to go to school because – funds were used that were saved by my parents for my mom's medical bills and my brother has um, my brother's high functioning autistic and when he was younger there was a lot of money put towards his development and speech therapy so I knew going into school that sports I needed to excel academically to be eligible for scholarships I needed to excel athletically to be eligible for scholarships and I needed to apply for a student loan because that's the only way I could pursue my educational goals. So if you were currently, to, yeah, that's still there. Right. If if you were to to talk to a young couple or or to a mother uh, that's uh, expecting their their child, first child, what advice would you give them? 
Well, expecting their first child, I would definitely save because you obviously want the best for your kid. And, I mean, having having that assistance from my parents would have greatly helped, for sure, because um, I wouldn't I wouldn't have that I guess debt hanging over my head right now. But I would I would definitely say, in yeah, invest or have um have something set up for your child because you never know what's going to happen. And you and if you want your kid to go to school, if you can help them in any way, then I'm sure they would greatly appreciate it. When you were um, in grade seven and in the process of, you know, even high school, did you were you in communication? Like, were you guys openly communicating about about the financial impact and you know having cancer? You know, the there's there's no income obviously coming in, and there's also you know healthcare and alternative treatments, et cetera. Were you aware at such a young age of what it was costing and and the financial impact, or was that something that you you know became more aware of as you got older? I became more aware of it as I got older. I wish I had had that, I guess, conversation with my parents. Like, they sat me down and said, look, this is what's happening. Um, When I was in grade 12, we had that conversation vaguely. I definitely do wish that we had discussed more about it, I guess, just so I was more aware. I don't know if I would have, like personally change anything because at that point in time my parents had already looking back used those funds so for me like I guess in my sports career or anything I wouldn't have changed anything that way but I do wish that I had that conversation with my parents because most people find it uncomfortable no no Mm -hmm. parent wants to talk to their child about financial situations because that's their that's their kid The, the parent is providing for their child so having that awkward conversation I mean it has to happen regardless if one of the parties is uncomfortable. It's it'll benefit both because right now the child knows, Hey, this is, this is going to happen. I need to be prepared. I mean, I was thankful that I had already learned in high school about OSAP and student loans and what I could Mm -hmm. be provided from the province. But what if some of that stuff isn't offered, then how does the kid go about it? So no, I do wish that I had that conversation, I guess, a little younger. Right. Sarah, we're going on to a quick break here, but uh, I think this is a great, you know, it's a great conversation to lead into, too, in terms of creating that open communication. So I look forward to chatting about this more on the other side of the break. Thank you. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you think you've seen online TV before... 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call one 866 472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. I'm your host, Franco Caljuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. And we have Sarah Caljuvi, pro athlete here with us today. Representing Canada and... Uh, looking to represent Canada in, in next year's yeah. in Brazil. And uh, we, we're, we're going to be rooting for you, Sarah. And now if people want to check you out and, and get to know you better and, and follow you as, as, as you pursue the path towards becoming an Olympic athlete and representing Canada in rugby next year in Brazil, how can they do that? I have a Twitter account, which is at Sarah Juvie, S-A-R-A-J-U-V-E-E. And I post daily updates on our team's progression throughout the year, which right now we're focusing on Pan Am. So that's a great way that I stay connected with people around the country and around the world. And it's a great way to keep the people updated. Perfect. Thank you, Sarah. And uh, so before the break, we were chatting about uh, how you would have, you know, obviously we always have our... Yeah, giving advice and, you know, what we could have done differently, which obviously, you know, we always can look back and say what we would have done differently. Hindsight is twenty twenty, And, you know, one thing you talked about was creating that open communication, having a greater level of communication with your parents in the process of your mother battling cancer. Is there, you know, I'm wondering, you talked a bit about the student loan and you talked a bit about that and leaving school and chipping away slowly at the student loan. Well, well and also having to, to earn your own money. Right. Uh, do, do, does, uh, does Rugby Canada provide any funding? Rugby Canada does provide me funding. Thankfully with the sevens program, because being carded, I do get a monthly paycheck. It's not, I guess it's not, I wish it could be more, but I'm, <laughs> you're, I'm pl- you're in a very nice way that, saying it's the bare basics. <laughs> yes, it's, but it's, I mean, being a female playing the sport that I love for a living, I can consider myself very lucky. I mean, the, the funding is improving over the years and mm-hmm. um, I'm sure in future years to come, it'll be better. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm surviving. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> so in 
Now, going back, we're talking about the financial impacts. Um, obviously, our, our show is, you know, conversations with money and looking at the financial impacts that all of these different life events, one being a, a parent with an illness, can affect you. What over the past ten years? What's been the the biggest thing for you that you've either noticed or I know you said you've taken a lot of responsibility in terms of the earning component and going door to door to make sure you could pursue your dreams but can you share a bit about what that's been like for you um it's been a it's been difficult I mean I guess is the best way to say it um yeah, just trying to make ends meet and keep my finances, I guess, at stable. Mm-hmm. That's been a struggle. Um, I try to help my family a lot out now. I would say the knocking on the doors. The, I even I set up a website that was it's called I GoFundMe. S- GoFundMe. I know. I saw that actually this morning. I looked at your GoFundMe page. That was amazing. I was I was yeah. so moved by it. Well, oh, what is the uh, URL for that? If people are interested in, in checking it out. Oh yeah, it's um, GoFundMe dot com slash juvie. Okay, and we'll and put a link on that as well on our on our site link to the show. So if people want to check it out, but I thought that was. You know, I think some of the things you're doing are great, creative, taking action ways at dealing with, you know, a very unfortunate situation, which is obviously your mother battling cancer, but also in an, in, a, uh, in the decision to continue to pursue your dreams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't expect people, I don't expect people to, I guess, financially give their money away. But those that do find a little bit to actually help don't, I don't know if they realize how much of a big difference it means. It doesn't matter if it's anywhere from $5 to $500. It still makes that much difference in that person's life. And I mean, like I said earlier, having to put the pride aside and actually ask for help, that was probably one of the toughest things. But at the end of the day, when you need help, you need help. And those willing to help you, it really sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Is this something, what's your communication like with your mother now? Now that you understand, obviously, the, you know, importance in having this communication. Do you guys talk about the financial, you know, does she share with you her thoughts on the financial impact? Or, you know, obviously, I can imagine I, I she wouldn't want to ever feel like a burden, which, of course, it isn't. You're doing everything you can because you want to help, not because she's a burden by any means. But do you guys ever have that conversation? Rarely. Okay. I mean, I, we wish we could have, like, I wish we could have it more. It mm-hmm. sometimes there's a fine line between what you can talk about and what you can't. Just I guess based on some situations, you know, when people have good days versus their bad days. Mm-hmm. What are you doing yourself to manage your money? So being a professional athlete and are are trying to stay afloat to make sure that you can pursue your, your dream and your goals. What are you doing? Can you share with the listeners on, on what you're doing to, to make sure that you uh, don't go into debt, uh, you continue to pursue your dreams and to be there for your family? 
For sure. I have a tax-free savings account, and when I get paid monthly, I try to put a little bit of money away at the beginning because I see it as investing in myself before I pay off any bills or anything. I I would like to invest in myself because that's going to help me down the line, primarily right now paying off student loan, but hopefully once that's paid off, then it can help me, you know, when people are looking to put a mortgage down on a house or buying their car. So right now, that's all I have at the moment because I don't make enough for me. I think I don't make enough for me to actually research other things because right now I'm just this is this works for me at the moment, but I think down the road, because I hear a lot of people, including my parents, occasionally have told me, oh, when we were younger, we should have invested in A, B, C, and D. So I think that's, uh, that's something in my near future to research. We completely understand. Mm-hmm. It's uh, in, in a previous episode, uh, we actually talked about hiring a professional and staying focused in what you do. And you're a professional athlete. You, you, you have mm-hmm. to stay focused. You have to be in the zone, if I could use that phrase. You have to be um, at the top of your game and you hire a professional. I mean, that's what we do in our business, right? We're, we're the money managers. We help people build wealth. And uh, you, you won't see Marissa and I on... Throwing a football or rugby ball? <laughs> <laughs> Any kind of ball. Okay, okay. Uh, you, you just showed, you know. <laughs> it's right. my ignorance, Sarah. <laughs> that's okay, that's okay, Sarah. We'll, we'll get Marissa as, as being the hooker. The hooker? Oh, yeah. awesome. What? We'll get you, uh, you know what, we'll explain another off air. Oh, is that a, is that a role on the, okay, yeah. I missed that joke. Yeah, a very important role. <laughs> right, Sarah? Very. Uh <laughs> so, so totally get what you're saying. You know, it, it's uh, it's great that you are putting money into a TFSA now. For you know, we 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 have listeners in over 40 countries. So, for those countries that um, wondering what a TFSA is, it's um, it's an account that you can put money into, and the growth of it is tax free. So, I just wanted to, to share that tax free savings account. Ta- that's why it's called tax free oh, savings account. That's right. Um, so, good for you. That's great, and, and it's it's rare that we come across 22 year olds that are doing that. Exactly, because a lot of people oh. don't get the concept of putting money, uh, paying themselves first. Because essentially what you're doing is you're paying yourself first. And mm-hmm. that's great that you're doing that. You're actually taking uh, a portion of your money. It doesn't matter what it is. You take a portion, you pay yourself first before you, you spend it or you pay other people. You, I'm curious actually about that, Sarah, because I, I was really moved by that. A lot of people, especially if they have a loan outstanding that causes you know any type of uh, anxiety or a desire to pay it off, usually it's I'll pay off the debt first and then I'll start saving. It's a great question. Which Marissa. sort of traps yeah. you in this way of never starting to save because then you just keep spending and you keep this you know rat race going. I'm curious because it, it's amazing to hear somebody who is 22 saying, no, I know I have this debt, but I know I need to pay myself and I take a chunk aside before I use the money every month or when you do get paid. What was it that inspired you to do that? Was it partially your mom and having seen, you know, what she's managed or had to deal with and so you wanted to make sure you had a savings account? Like, do you think that had anything in part of your motivation? I do. Mm -hmm. I think seeing the anxiety around money and the anxiety around having debt is not a great thing to have. And I think that was a learning lesson for me just 
seeing that, not even with my parents, but just around me and realizing that I don't, I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to feel trapped. I don't want to feel like I'm drowning under all this debt. So, I mean, even though I have it, I try to remove the anxiety, remove the emotion from it and just realize that it's a number and it's going to happen either tomorrow or it's going to happen a couple months from now, but at some point it'll be paid off. So there's no point worrying about it because if I continue to save, then there should be no issues down the road. As a professional athlete, and and I'm assuming that uh, you try not to think about these things, but uh, um, what, what what do you do to to set up contingencies uh, for if you can't play uh, or you're out for a period of time? What happens there? What happens at, at the in those periods of time? It's a lot of mental practice. It's a lot of trying to see, say it's an injury, seeing the injury instead of an injury as an opportunity. So when you can't be on the field or you can't do the things that you're used to doing every day, then you use that time to work on things that you wouldn't usually work on or that things you wouldn't have time for. I guess as an example, a couple months ago, I was out with an injury, unfortunately, and instead of, I mean, I took some time to be upset about it because I was out for a couple of months, but then after those couple of days, you really have to pull yourself together and you go, look, am I going to treat this as an opportunity and get better from it? Or am I going to let this bring me down? So in that time, there was a lot of, you know, mental performance practices, a lot of visualization, more video work, a lot of recovery to take care of my body and everything else that, I mean, besides the injury, taking care of other niggles that I may not have focused on if I was able to play. Does anyone ever come and speak to you guys as an organization, as a team, uh, in terms of setting yourself up financially for those situations? So, you know, there's things like disability insurance in case you become disabled or hurt or unable to produce an income. Critical illness insurance is an actual lump sum tax-free benefit that you can get 30 days after being diagnosed with a critical illness like cancer. Uh, These are a lot of things that we encourage people to put in place so that if the unexpected happens, you're covered and you don't have to worry about the financial stress. Is this something that anybody at any point speaks to you guys on as a team or, you know, encourages education? In the past, we've had Game Plan, which is an organization set up to help athletes with, say, career choices or um, having people come in to talk to us about uh, financial situations. However, because we're focusing on Pan Ams and Rio is right around the corner, we haven't had a lot of active movement in that area. Just because team sports, the coaches request that right now this isn't like the best time for the athletes just because that's nothing. That's something they're not focusing on right now because we have big events coming up. But usually in the off season, when we have a little bit of a lull in the season, um, we have a game plan tries to help set us up with that. Not sure with so who. They, yeah, so so they actually they they have those type of conversations. They do have those workshops, or they they do bring in. Uh, professionals to help the athletes to to look at uh, you know this is what you can be doing now, but also after when the, when you retire, 
this is what you can be doing to set yourself up to get to that point? If, if requested, yes. If, oh, requested. if requested. Oh, I see. Okay, so the organization isn't the one that's being proactive on that. It's really the athletes that come to the organization and say, this is what we're looking, this is what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, it's been, sometimes it's a, like they approach us and they tell us, that we're going to be holding a workshop and we're going to be doing this. But I wouldn't say it's a daily or a weekly, um, I guess, announcement made to us about this is available. It has been told Mm -hmm. to us in periods of time where it might be advantageous for us to do that. But because now we've been so... I guess, busy with training because we've had a full season starting from January up until now that we've been pretty much rugby, sole rugby focused at the moment. Right. Okay. okay. Well, I know we're going on to break, yeah, but on so, the break, Franco and I are actually going to discuss how we can get in to speak to the organizations <laughs> and talk about critical illness and disability so you can protect yourself. Don't you think that'd be fun? We'll talk mm-hmm. to you <laughs> Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call one 866 472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at capitalcorefinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. I'm your host, Franco Calgary. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. So we got uh, a rugby ball right in front of Marissa. No, she is ready to get out. And, uh, Sarah, don't listen to him. I don't, and I don't know how to throw it. Hey, during during the, during the break, during the break, 
I, I heard Marissa, you share with me in confidence that you you're ready to take on I did the not. women's rugby team. I did say that I wanted you to and speak Melissa. to the entire team <laughs> about how to protect themselves. So I did say that I wouldn't give them an option to opt out. I of would this love workshop. to see I you would play just... rugby. I would just love to see it. You and Melissa, both of you, and Patty. You're asking for a disaster. We're all going to come in limping, immobile, and probably cashing out on our disability insurance. No, I'm just joking. So going back, thank you, Sarah, for joining us. Um, To continue the conversation, if you were to, you know, moving forward, how would you suggest for other people to continue in planning? And, you know, what's your plan moving forward to continue taking action and to continue doing the things that you're doing to pursue your dreams while being there as much as possible emotionally and financially for your mom while she battles cancer. Yeah, and, and, and before you, you answer that, uh, Sarah, uh, we can really see just what we've been talking about so far, the correlation between being a professional athlete and pursuing excellence within, within sports to just with anything that you do in life. There, there, there are such great correlations between the two that uh, those principles can be can be used with any anything that you're doing, anything that you're pursuing. Yeah, going forward, I want to continue what I'm doing. I'm continue my funding page and continue putting the money that I make towards my savings, with hopes that down the road I will be more financially stable and because I know how much others have helped me that I can actually help others by giving back. I want to be as proactive as possible and talk to people about maybe what have they done? How have they invested their money? How have they gone about saving money for future events or future, I guess like, maybe educational goals that they're saving up for or just personal expenses. Would you, you know, how could you encourage people without being, you know, the way I like to just push it on people, critical illness insurance, that's the insurance that we talk about all the time. You know, I think, have you ever had a conversation to try to encourage anybody else to consider their options. I think a lot of us think we're too busy to look into it, but... Or even too young. Or too young. Yeah, invincible. Yeah, I really don't need it. Don't need to be mm-hmm. considering that type of planning or to, to, to do any of that type of planning or even to put money aside because money will always be there. I've definitely heard people around me say, invest when you're young and look into it when you're young or, oh, I wish I did so... I wish I put my money away and save for this when I was this age or in my 20s, my 30s, because people don't wait until they're older or later on down the road, or people don't actually start putting their money away to save until something actually has happened to them. And then at that point, unfortunately, it's too late. So I definitely recommend, if you can, I mean, take a couple of minutes out of your time, research stuff online, especially even go take the time to talk, sit down and meet with someone who is a professional in that field and talk about things. I'm based on a personal situation with my mom. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been very advantageous for my parents to invest in a critical illness plan, but 
you don't know what's going to happen. And when you're young, you think you're invincible. I'm not speaking on behalf of my parents, but I've definitely heard people say, you know, oh, well, this isn't going to happen to me. I mean, my family bloodline has been very healthy. I have no signs of cancer, or diabetes or anything, but I mean health is health and something can happen and you don't foresee it. And so I would just suggest talking. How is your mother now? My mother right now is okay. I mean, I would say coping. Coping is the best way because my mom was a super athletic female. She played hockey. She played basketball. She was a gymnast. She played hockey up until she was sick into her 40s. And now my mom is immobile. My family has uh, rented a hospital bed so she can live at home instead of living in the hospital, which, I mean, is everything, especially when you can't do much. Environment is key, and now my mom is surrounded by her friends and her family at home. But it's not the way anyone wants to live their life. No one wants to live their life succumb to a bed. Of course not. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we don't think uh, that that's going to happen to us. Um, but unfortunately it does happen. And it's those things that, uh, that we're, we sometimes don't want to think about. And we had a, a previous episode where we talked about, Invincibility, invincibility mentality and we don't want to think about it and because if we think about it then it may happen to us and and uh we we don't want to consider that we can at at some point be ill and have to uh be be um be at the mercy of others or or even not be able to take care of ourselves and, and even the impact of family you know just what you talked about there renting a a bed uh, a hospital bed and putting it into your parents house I and mean, that's a cost Mm-hmm. And that—that's—I uh, can't imagine it being a small cost, and it's, it's an ongoing cost. And and even making adjustments uh, uh, within the house, did your parents have to make adjustments uh, to to help uh, at least to make uh, things more comfortable for your mother? Yeah, I mean, this whole uh, journey to uh, battling and beating cancer has been costly, to say the least. Um, yeah, from hospital beds to nurse visits to the copious amounts of medication that has to be provided, it's almost a little bit ridiculous. And I know that it's a stress for sure, especially on my father, because now he is now a working parent, whereas my mom cannot work anymore. He has my siblings who are at home still and he has a wife that he needs to care for day in and day out and that's it's not that he it's not that it's a burden on him and that I mean he didn't ask for it but it's just a no-brainer that he's obviously going to be there and do all these things I, I just can't imagine how hard it is I get mentally emotionally and financially so I mean me being out of the house I like he's he's someone I look up to greatly and if I can try to help my family out 
Was there ever a point, I'm curious, Sarah, and I mean, it's kind of a big question, and, and I don't know if you've thought about it, but was there ever a point where you debated, you know, not pursuing your dreams, not professional, not pursuing being a professional athlete to just full-time, you know, help your mom, maybe just work close to home to be able to get as much as possible to, to physically and financially help your mom and, and put your own dreams aside, which, I mean, I know it's a loaded question in a lot of ways, but was that, did that never come to mind? Maybe once when I was in grade 12, but my parents were so proactive in me being my own person, doing the best that I can, and really sticking my head down and going for what I want. They were so proactive in that that it, it never really crossed my mind more than once. They have always been supportive of everything I've wanted to do, and they're a firm believer of you can do anything you set your mind to. So they never wanted to, I guess, in that sense, hold me back. That's when I wanted to go to Nova Scotia for schooling. They never once said, oh, you should go to school at home so you can help out with mom and stuff around the house. They, they knew that, no, this school is great for you. You need to pursue this because that's that's your chapter, and you need to pursue your life the way you would pursue it, regardless of what's going on behind the scenes. That sounds like amazing parenting. I feel like one day, if you know you're planning on having children, it's a, a great way to be with children. Yeah my my parents are my parents are definitely huge role models, and I've taken a lot into my life and life experiences based on what they've taught me or not even what they've meant to taught me, just what they've shown me and their perseverance in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. Um, how do you feel now when you think about, I'm wondering, how do you feel now when you think about money and when you think about finances? Does it? Do you feel stressed or do you feel like, actually, how do you feel? No. um, Well, I would be lying if I would say money wasn't stressful. Like I said, I tried to de-attach emotion to money because what's the point of investing so much, I guess, anger or any emotion into money when, like, I just feel like it takes away. I think that, I don't know, you you just have to be proactive. You need to think about your money you can't just be throwing it away and you need to I guess the smarter you are with the money the easier life might be right now it sucks that I have to pay off various things but I mean going to be one day where I'm hopefully not going to have any debt or have a way less amount of debt so I would feel I guess, neutral at the moment because there's some days that it does bother me that I can't pay off my debt, but then other days I know everything's going to be okay in somehow or some way. Yeah, that's... I, I wanted to ask because I think as we you know, generally get older and we go through maturing and and taking responsibility for our financial situations um, and taking on more responsibility, especially as an adult, 
our relationship with money changes and our meaning on money changes. And especially when you, you know, are witnessing a family member going through something that, you know, is such a, a financial responsibility in so many ways, as Franco mentioned, you know, the cost of the potential changes to the home, the hospital bed, any health care, um, you know, then the loss of income and then having the, you know, your father obviously is, is taking care of your mom for many hours of the day. And so there's a lot of expenses that I think that we don't calculate in. And unfortunately, a lot of people see these things after, you know, after, after these situations are playing themselves out without potentially the best plan. It happens all the time. And then there's fights around money. There's stress around money. And unfortunately, a lot of the children leave the situation with a, I'd say, anxiety, stress, issues, you know, lack of an understanding around money in the most responsible way. So it's it's great to hear you share that you're looking at it from such a proactive, responsible, mature standpoint and that you haven't allowed the experience to date uh, alter your view and feelings around money. Yeah, it's been difficult. I mean, looking at the situation that has unfortunately happened to my family going forward, I want to try and avoid that, if at any way possible. I mean, I am a very healthy, very active young female, but because I've seen my mom been diagnosed with cancer and I've had a grandparent diagnosed with cancer, I don't know what's going to happen down the road for me, unfortunately. And I'm doing everything I can in my power to stay healthy and avoid those death consequences or illnesses, but I know going forward, as I continue to grow into my later 20s, that I'm definitely going to need to research my options, and I'm going to have to talk to people about how can I protect myself in the future, because I don't know what's going to happen. I may feel invincible now, but everyone feels invincible when they're in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Well said. <laughs> we shared that in a previous episode, and uh, we we definitely do. We've all been there. And uh, Sarah, we're we're coming to the the end of the show, and uh, we thank you for for joining us. Now, if people want to get uh, or follow you, how can they do that? Can you can you uh, provide us your your Twitter handle again? Yes, uh, my Twitter name is at Sarah Juvie. S A R A J U V E E. Super. And, and uh, for those of you who are listening that want to support uh, Sarah and the endeavors that uh, that she's pursuing, and if you're moved by her story, you can support her financially by going to GoFundMe.com forward slash uh, J-U-V-E-E. So once again, Sarah, thank you for, for joining us. Marissa and I, uh, we appreciate uh, you opening up and, and sharing your story. Very inspirational to us and, and uh, I think very inspirational to a lot of people that, that are tuning in and the future tune into the podcast. So thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure talking with you guys. And uh, yeah, and for everybody, thank you for, for tuning in. And until next week, have, have a, a wealthy, wealthy week. week. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.